Welcome to a powerful message from the Lighthouse Chapel International, Bronx North Branch. Lighthouse Chapel International branches worldwide provide every member the training, support, and encouragement to fulfill the Great Commission and to go to heaven and hear Jesus say, Well done, my good and faithful servant. Join us for a life-changing experience as you listen to this message. This evening, we thank you, Lord Jesus. We thank you for another opportunity to be in your presence, to hear your word. Spirit of God, we ask that you lead us, guide us, speak to us. Let your word go forth. Let it accomplish the purpose, the plan for which you send your word. Father, as we have come here, let us not live the same, but let our walk with you be lifted up a step forward. In the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord. We bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. You may be seated. Marian, it's good to see you. Wow. What a shock. Joel, I miss you. Noah has been one of our constant Tuesday service. If you see someone, you, someone that you see all the time and you don't see, you should start praying for the person. Hallelujah. Whatever stumbling block, sometimes it's schedule, sometimes it's schooling, all sorts of stumbling blocks. You should start praying for the person and don't just miss the person. Hallelujah. And the Lord will always make way for us. It's a good prayer to pray. A good prayer, trust me, a good prayer to pray that God will make way for someone to come to his house. A very good prayer. Hallelujah. Wonderful. Well, I want us to continue for a short time. Um, Today we're going to preach for a very short time. But I want us to continue with a message that we've been sharing for some few weeks now. And um, I really, really want you to take this message with all seriousness. Hallelujah. We've been talking about time, times, and timing. Time times and timing and we're learning a lot of things about time hallelujah and i think that if you come to understand this message if you really come to understand this message your walk with god will be very very easy hallelujah your walk with god will have a lot of meaning amen, amen. then the scripture in Second uh, Corinthians 15 shall come to pass in your life. And it says you will steadfastly walk with the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. You will not be moved because you understand when things are changing. Hallelujah. Amen. So we've been learning about time, times, and timing. And we have learned a few things already. So if you've not been here, I really will encourage you. It will bless you. The message will bless you. It will really, really Keep you firm and planted in your walk with the Lord. So if you've not been here, just listen to the messages. But we have been sharing some few things about time. The first one, we said time was created by God. Isn't that so? We said time was created by God. Time was not man's creation. Hallelujah. Though we have a lot of devices that we use to measure time, but time, the concept of time 
was God's creation or is God's creation. We also said time was meant to be a blessing and not a curse. Hallelujah. Time was meant to be a blessing and not a curse. The day and the night are supposed to bless us. It's not supposed to bring us a curse. God made day and night. And he looked at them and he says, it was good. Hallelujah. And the day and the night came and it passed by and it was day one. First day and it was counted. And God said, it was good. And so it was meant for a blessing for us and not to bring us a curse. The third one, we said, every natural time has a corresponding spiritual time. Every natural time has a corresponding spiritual time. Hallelujah. And as a Christian, do not overlook this difference. Hallelujah. Do not overlook that these things can coexist. That yes, there is, there is a natural time, but there is also a corresponding spiritual time. Hallelujah. If you are not careful, you may miss the spiritual aspect of time. Amen. And then you fall into the folly of we just spending time. And time is, not, time is just going. Amen. Amen. So that also we shared a lot about. And I will encourage you to listen to those messages. And then the fourth one, we said time is a signal for change of purpose. Time is a signal for change of purpose. When the time changes, when time comes, when a different time is here, or when the season changes, it is supposed to give us a signal to also make certain changes in our plans and in our purposes. Hallelujah. And this we shared so much. We read a lot in Ecclesiastes chapter 3, from verse 1 to 8. There's so much that we shared over there. And so, I want to encourage you, do not, do not let these messages go to waste. Listen to them. It will bless you. Hallelujah. These messages are a blessing to us. I myself am being blessed as I am sharing from this message. And I have come to realize that there is no situation in our lives that is permanent. There is no situation, no condition. It is against God's principle. Hallelujah. No situation is a permanent situation or is permanent and is not going to change. Hallelujah. And so for whatever situation or condition that you are in, have that assurance. Have that assurance that you serve a God who works in seasons. Hallelujah. And that season is also going to pass. Amen. Don't stay in your morning state. Don't stay in your morning state. There are some people who who like to be in their morning state. They like to stay in the, the, the difficult condition. And they celebrate it. Do you see? And if you, are, if you try to be happy around them, you know, they remind you, don't you know what is going on? Don't you see what? It, even if you are trying to bring some joy, the season has changed. The time has changed and you are bringing some joy in their lives. They see something very seriously wrong with the change that you are trying to make. Hallelujah. When someone dies, we are not supposed to mourn the person the rest of our lives. Amen. We are not supposed to mourn the person. Then what are we going to do? Because people will always die. Everyone, then that means we are going to stay in the state of mourning all of our lives. Amen. 
Hallelujah. Did I give you a, we've been talking about a faith one, isn't that so? What is a faith one? That God operates in seasons and cycles. The God that we serve, he operates in seasons and in cycles. Hallelujah. God operates in seasons and in cycles. And so we've been talking about that also and different seasons. Amen. We read a scripture in Psalm 1. Verse 1. We say God operates in seasons and in cycle. Let's look at that scripture again. Psalm 1, verse 1. Psalm 1 and verse 1. It says, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. That means this man, he does not walk in the counsel of ungodly people. This man does not take advice from people who are ungodly. Hallelujah. A lot of times when we need counseling, when we need advice, we don't seek counseling from godly people. That is not a blessing. Hallelujah. Did somebody hear me? I am reading the scriptures. I am just reading the scriptures. He says, blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. That means that if you walk in the counsel of the ungodly, you are not blessed. But if you are the kind of person who does not walk in the counsel of the ungodly, then you are blessed. Amen. Amen. Then you are blessed. A lot of times we walk in the counsel of the ungodly. Now, the counsel of the ungodly is different from the ungodly person. Or it's different from an ungodly counsel. Do you understand what I'm saying? So, it means that Christians can give ungodly counsel. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? Christians can give ungodly counsel. Unbelievers give counsel of the ungodly because they are ungodly. But Christians who are godly can give ungodly counsel. Do you understand the difference? Is somebody, does somebody understand what I'm sharing with you? For instance, you have a Christian friend, you have a Christian sister, and then you, you are a single Christian sister, and you get pregnant. You get pregnant, and then you have a very close friend, and then you discuss with someone that you see as, you don't, you don't know what to do with it, and then you, are, you, you discuss with that person, and the person will say, don't tell anyone. Let, us, let it be between us. Leave it alone. Let's, I'll tell you what to do with it. Do you see? Don't tell the pastor. Don't tell anyone. And then the person finds you a place. He says, you know, I know this man. You know, nobody knows him. Nobody, you know, and he can take care of you. How is he going to take care of you? Do you see? And then the person arranges for you. And then, you know, because you are in school. You see, your parents also don't, you don't want your parents to know about this thing. So you are in school. And so this person takes you and takes care of everything. And everything is quiet. You see, you are done. <laughs> you are done. And then you are able to continue with school. And you are able to do everything. Your parents don't know anything. And so everything looks well. And so you, you admire this person so well that he saved your life. Or she actually delivered you. That is a counsel that is ungodly. Amen. Does somebody understand what I'm sharing? That is an ungodly counsel. 
is an ungodly counsel. Amen. Because the godly counsel will be that the child, though what you have done is sin. Do you understand? What you have done is sin. To be pregnant in that state or in that condition is sin. But the child is not sin. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? The child is not sin and should give that person that assurance. Give that person that assurance and use the scriptures to teach that person. That is a godly counsel. And tell the person, listen, this is how Solomon was conceived. We don't know the plans that God, though what you have done is the wrong thing. We don't know why you did this. We don't know it is sin and you should repent for it. But the child is not a sin. The child was, that is conceived, God has a plan for that child also. Amen. Hallelujah. Do you see, that is a godly counsel. That is a godly counsel. And support, and listen, you have no idea who this child is going to become. Perhaps this is going to be one of the wisest. You see, I, when Solomon was conceived, I believe if you were around King David and you were, you know, his, one of his advisors, you could have said, I can deal with this quietly. You know, like Joab could have come and say, I can handle this quietly and peacefully. Do you see? Leave it in my hands. Take, and you take Abigail somewhere far, nobody will see, and then handle it quietly, come back, and then give the woman back to you. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? You see, that is why, you see, these are some of the reasons why God loved David so much. You see, a sin has been committed. So he said, blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners nor seated in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. His delight is in the law of the Lord. That means he likes, his, his, he, he likes the word of God. He enjoys the word of God. Hallelujah. He likes, when they are sharing about the word of God, he's so delighted. Amen. How many of you delight in the word of God? You see, the word of God is so sweet. I don't know. It is, it is so sweet. When we read the scriptures, doesn't it sweet you? Delight in the law of the Lord. Those of you who come here Tuesday, I believe that you delight in the law of the Lord. Amen. And in his law that he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree. You see, how many of you like to be described like this? Or how many of you think that this is a very good Christian? You know, approve of God. Someone who does not take ungodly counsel or counsel of the ungodly, does not stand in the way of sinners, does not sit in the seat of the scornful, and he delights in the word of God. He meditates, he does his quiet time. And he meditates on his word. And the Bible says, And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water, that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. This righteous man, this man who pleases God, who delights in the law of the Lord, who meditates on the word of God, he can only bring forth fruits in his season. So there are seasons where he cannot bring forth fruit, which is not his season. Amen. There are seasons that can be classified as not your season. Serious Christian brother, serious Christian sister, who is so righteous, 
who does his quiet time, who studies the word of God, he can only bring forth fruits only in his season. Hallelujah. And so you see, there is, when you are out of your season, don't think the Lord has left you and you feel that I have done everything, I am this, I am also this, I have done all, uh, all of my classmates have gotten married and I am, who said that if you are all classmates and you sit in the same class, you should also get married in the same time. Amen. Your season has not come. Your season has not come. That is why you are in that state. And you too, your season will come. And I tell you that your season will come. You will not be in that state forever. It says that he make day and then he make the night. No one will stay in the day forever. If you are in the day, I can assure you that very soon the night will catch you. And if you are in the night, I can tell you that light is coming. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. So even the righteous can bring forth fruit only in his season. Amen. So we began talking about different seasons also. And we talk about the time of trouble or the season of trouble. Amen. There are seasons of trouble. Hallelujah. And we read the scripture in Jeremiah chapter 29 where the scripture says God sent his priests, his prophets, and the elders and the people into exile. He sent them into exile. Hallelujah. That they were working with the Lord, but God sent them into exile. And amazingly, God was expecting that while they are in exile, and it looks as though they are not in their season, they should still live. Hallelujah. They should build homes. They should settle. They should marry and have children and give their children into marriage in exile. Meaning that they were not coming out soon. And then God warned them that don't let prophets and and spiritual people come and deceive you. And say that, oh, the time has come when the Lord is going to deliver us. Because God has his appointed time. God has a set time. Amen. Amen. And so, you see, what we need to do is to pray. Pray that we, our eyes will be open to the seasons and we will know the times also. Hallelujah. Because he says that, and you realize that people will come and prophesy and say, I had a dream. I had a dream. And in the dream, God revealed to me that in three weeks, we are going to be taken back to Jerusalem. Do you see? In three weeks, there will be a change in government in Babylon, and the, 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 the government, the new government that is coming, is going to release us. And you see, people are happy and following. But God says, Don't listen to people like that. Hallelujah. Amen. Don't listen to people like that. Amen. Amen. Today, I want us to talk about another season or another time. Hallelujah. And I want us to talk about the times of visitation. The times of visitation. Hallelujah. The times of visitation. Times of visitation. You know, when we read that scripture in Jeremiah chapter 29, Jeremiah chapter 29, where God said, he sent them into exile. He says, Now, verse 1 says, Now these are the words of the letter that Jeremiah the prophet sent from Jerusalem unto the residue of the elders 
which were carried away captives and to the priests and to the prophets and to all the people whom Nebuchadnezzar had carried away captives from Jerusalem to Babylon. Do you see? And all of these people were part of the people who went into exile and they stayed there. And he said, that saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, unto all that, this is verse 4, unto all that are carried away captives, whom I have caused to be carried away from Jerusalem unto Babylon. Do you see? God himself carried them into being captives. God led them into captivity. Amen. Amen. But verse 10, he says that, you see, because he had an appointed time, how long they were going to be there. Verse 10, he says, For thus saith the Lord, that after 70 years be accomplished at Babylon, I will visit you. I will visit you. I, God, will visit you. And when I visit you, will perform my good word toward you in causing you to return to this place. Hallelujah. So there is a time that is after you have been in darkness for such a period, after you have been in these times of trouble for such a period, there is a time that God will visit you. Hallelujah. And his visitation has certain characteristics. And he says that he will perform his good word toward you. Amen. When God visits you, he will perform his good word towards you. Hallelujah. The times of trouble shall also pass. I say the times of trouble shall also pass. And the God who operates in seasons, who operates in time, who operates in different seasons, he will visit you. Amen. He will visit his people and he will do them good. God will visit you and he will do you good. I say God will visit you and he will do you good. Just, he says that, just relax. Don't dwell on the darkness that is around you, but have that hope that he will visit you and settle and live. And don't be sad all the time, your continents falling all the time. Amen. Because God is planning for a visitation. Amen. Every Christian will have a time of visitation. Every Christian. Mandela, do you see? Every Christian will have his or her time of visitation. Amen. Or you know what? Every Christian will have his time of visitation or her time of visitation. Amen. And you must be on the lookout. You must be on the lookout for this time of visitation. Amen. Otherwise, it will pass you by. It will pass you by and it will bring you, if it passes you by, in in place, it will bring you distraction and it will leave you in the state where you found yourself. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? Because he said in verse 10, he says, For thus saith the Lord, that after 70 years be accomplished at Babylon, I will visit you and perform my good word towards you in causing you to return to this place. And if you miss that period, if you miss it, that means you remain where you are. You remain in captivity. Hallelujah. You remain in destruction. Luke chapter 19 and verse 41. Luke chapter 19 and verse 41. I hope somebody is understanding what I'm sharing tonight. Luke chapter 19 and verse number 41. 
It says, and when he was come nigh, he beheld the city. This is when Jesus was entering Jerusalem. When he was going to be crucified. He says, and when he was come nigh, he beheld the city and wept over it, saying, if thou hadst known, even thou, at least in this thy day, the things which belong unto thy peace, but now they are hid from thine eyes. But now they are hid from thine eyes. I tell you, when the time of visitation passes, and you don't see it, it will be hidden from your eyes. He says, but now they are hid from thy eyes, for the days shall come upon thee. That is when this happens, when it passes by. For the days shall come upon thee, that thine enemies shall cast a trench about thee, and compass thee round, and keep thee in on every side. Your enemies, your enemy of poverty, enemy of misery, enemy of depression, enemy of unemployment. When you miss it, when you miss your time of visitation, it will encompass you and keep you on, it, it will keep you on every side. That means every side, poverty, every side, misery, every side, because you miss your time of visitation. Because verse 34, verse 44, it says, and shall lay thee even with the ground and thy children within thee, and they shall not live in thee one stone upon another, because thou knewest not the time of thy visitation. Because you did not know the time of visitation. It is important that every Christian knows his or her time of visitation. Hallelujah. You know, let's read this in the New Living Translation, this particular scripture. Luke chapter 19 and verse 41. It says, But as he came closer to Jerusalem and saw the city ahead, he began to weep. How I wish today that you of all people would understand the way to peace. This is Jesus speaking to the people of Jerusalem. He says, how I wish today that you of all people would understand the way to peace. But now, it is too late. He says, but now it is too late. And peace is hidden from your eyes. Before long, your enemies will build ramparts against your walls and encircle you and close in on you from every side. They will crush you into the ground and your children with you. Your enemies will not leave a single stone in place because you did not recognize it when God visited you. Hallelujah. Because you did not recognize it when God visited you. Amen. When you fail to recognize your time of visitation, it does not wait for you. It does not stay waiting for when you wake up. It does not hang on waiting for you. When you fail to recognize your time of visitation, it passes you by. And it, you lose on that opportunity. And it leaves you distraction. Hallelujah. It leaves you distraction. In the case of Jerusalem, the time of visitation was God sending them a man of God. 
God was sending them a man of God. Hallelujah. But you see, one of the reasons why we miss our time of visitation is that we have also ascribed how God should visit us, the manner that God should visit us, and whom God should use to visit us. Hallelujah. Do you see, we have ascribed, we have described in our own the time that God should visit us. We have described or we have given, uh, ascribed a certain way, if God is going to visit us, then it should be in a particular way. If God is going to visit us, then it should be in a particular time. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? And so, because of our description and our expectation, we miss our time of visitation. Many times when God decides to visit his people, it is very ordinary. There is no spectacular characteristics about it. When God decides to visit his people, it is very ordinary. Hallelujah. When God decided to visit the earth, when God himself decided to visit the earth, it was not spectacular. It was not spectacular. His emergence was not spectacular. He was not born in a palace. He did not come as a great king's son. He was born in a manger. Hallelujah. Where you will least expect. Amen. He did not send his son in a, in, 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 living in a, a golden crib. Like most mothers will like. And then when coming, they will bring the son in limousine. Do you see? How many of you would have recognized that this is Jesus? If he was always a baby wheel and is in a golden stroller. Golden stroller. And then they put him in a limousine to go to the temple. You see that this is the king of kings. What kind of king is born in a manger? Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? And so we have our own expectation how God should visit us and how the manner that God should visit us. And that reason, for that reason, we miss our time of visitation. Hallelujah. But you see, God's emergence, God's visit on the earth was the greatest breakthrough for mankind. It was the greatest breakthrough for mankind, especially for the people of Israel. And he says, you of all people. He says, how I wish today that you of all people would understand the way to peace. How I, would, how I wish that you understand the way to peace. But now it is too late. It is too late. And the peace is hidden from your eyes. The peace of God is hidden from your eyes. Hallelujah. Many times, some of our major breakthrough. Some of you, your major breakthrough. Sometimes your greatest deliverance. Sometimes it is packaged in a very simple service. Sometimes it's packaged in a very ordinary meeting. In a very ordinary service. Your greatest breakthrough. Your greatest deliverance. Sometimes it's just packaged in a very simple meeting. In a very simple message. Very, very simple message. Uncomplicated, not complex, no spectacular message. Many times. Hallelujah. Sometimes it's a very, very, sometimes few people have just gathered. 
Sometimes your breakthrough is just in a weekday service. Sometimes your breakthrough is in a prayer meeting. Sometimes even a prayer meeting online. Sometimes that is where your breakthrough is. Hallelujah. Am I speaking to somebody? Sometimes your breakthrough is in a women's meeting. That the woman said we are gathering. Sometimes that your greatest breakthrough, that is where it's coming. Your greatest breakthrough is in a women's meeting. But you have described it. Sometimes in just the men's meeting, men are gathering, and that's where your breakthrough is coming. But you are not coming. Because you have described how God should visit. Amen. You have described if God really is serious and he wants to visit you, then you should come on Sunday. You should come on Sunday. Come in a church on Sunday. Hallelujah. Come on Sunday. And Sunday too, you have time for him. You will come from not 11.30. 11.30, they are doing their things, you know. From 12.30 to 2. This is the time that you are giving to the Lord. 2 o'clock, he has not come, you are gone. I'm teaching you something. 2 o'clock, he has not come, you are gone. But let me tell you, some of the greatest men of God that God has brought up, some of the, some of the powerful people that God has brought up, they are the people who stayed after church. Some of the people who have gone far with Christ, they are the people who stayed after, after, the, after the service, after everyone is gone. And sometimes some small meeting, that's some small teaching, and it's going on teaching, teaching, teaching. This is how God has brought up many great men of God. Many, many great men of God. Hallelujah. But you see, you have your own time. Look, if the people of Jerusalem, if they knew, if they knew that this is their time of visitation, and if this was the Messiah, I believe the whole city of Jerusalem would have come to welcome him. Rather, they were looking to crucify him, to kill him. Amen. Am I speaking to somebody? You see, today, if you knew, if you knew that today was your time of visitation, you probably would have come in white, white, wearing white, with white shoes, everything white, and you are coming because you are expecting. You see, if you knew that today was your time of visitation, you wouldn't have insulted the guy who crossed you. If you knew that today, when you come to church, you are going to encounter God, and the angel is going to visit you today, you wouldn't have. Amen. But sometimes it's in the ordinary meeting, ordinary, in your ordinary day-to-day things, ordinary things that, that you least expect. Ordinary. That you will least expect that God will visit. Sometimes you least expect. Amen. Am I speaking to somebody? When you least expect. That is why you should endeavor, whenever possible, endeavor to be at every meeting. Every meeting. Make every effort. If it is within your power, make every effort. Don't assign some greatness to certain services and certain greatness to other services. Hallelujah. Somebody... The Bible says that he has just been giving, you know, just offerings to people, and he's just been doing good. He's just giving, just 
One day he was just praying and then an angel visited him. And then he said to him, send men to Joppa. That was his breakthrough. In doing the ordinary things that you do every day. Doing the ordinary things. That was his breakthrough. Hallelujah. Don't belittle any gathering. When he says that two or three people are gathering in the name of the Lord. Don't exclude yourself. That is why I encourage people. I say, don't look for the number. Look for, you are not alone. You have another person with you and the meeting is in the name of the Lord. Even if you are gathering just to eat in the name of the Lord. Whatever. Don't exclude yourself. Hallelujah. Because you see, assigning greatness, you see, oh, if this is the man of God that God is going to use to bring my breakthrough, then he should, you know, he should talk in a certain way. You see, he shouldn't be talking with a certain voice. He should be speaking in a way. You see? And he should, he should say certain things. He should say certain things. He should speak in a way. Out of war. I came to prophesy to you tonight. I don't know, but I'm speaking to somebody tonight. Oh, I don't know who I'm talking to tonight. You see? And then you, you, feel, you feel that this is, ah, I feel it. I, who said you should feel it? Feel what? Feel what? You see, and then you feel that this is for me. This is my word. It does not even apply to you, but you are receiving. You are married. They are even calling for, I'll receive your marriage. And then you are also receiving. You see, because like a Christian brother, you want a second wife or what? You don't know. Amen. Hallelujah. But you see that people, they miss their time of visitation because he was too ordinary. He was too ordinary from an ordinary town, you know, not from a great town, from an ordinary family with some ordinary profession, you know. So they could not, they could not expect that this is, this is our time of visitation. They could not expect that. And they missed their time of visitation. But there's a scripture in Matthew chapter 23. Let's read that quickly. Matthew chapter 23, verse 37. Matthew chapter 23, verse 37. It says, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets and stones God's messengers. Do you think people knowingly, if they know that you are God's messenger, they will stone you. But when they look at you, you don't look like a messenger from God. To them, you don't look like a messenger. You are too simple to be a messenger from God. And so they are not afraid when they gather and they, you see, they talk about stoning the prophets. Now stoning the prophets is not only, how many of you, a man of God just comes from the temple, you pick up a stone and just be thrown up. But your mouth, your mouth, when you gather in your cast, when you leave church and you are going home in your cast, your mouth, the things that you say in your cast. 
some of you, you should avoid sitting in certain cars. Some of you, some conversations, some people that you, the, the things that come from their mouth, you should avoid sitting in their cars. And then you two, quack, 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 you are laughing as they are stoning the man of God. As they are stoning the man of God. He said, oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets and stones God's messengers. How often I have wanted to gather your children together as a hen protects her chicks beneath her wings. But you wouldn't let me. And now look, your house is abandoned. Let me tell you, when you miss your time of visitation, what is left for you is abandonment, destruction, poverty, misery. Hallelujah. It says, but now your house is, your, but now your house is abandoned and desolate. For I tell you this, you will never see me again. Listen to this very carefully. He says, I tell you this, you will never see me again until you say, Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Until you receive the man of God that God sends you. But you have certain acclamation about a man of God. And so it cannot be him. And you are stoning them and killing them. Killing them with misery. Killing them with all sorts of words and things that you say. Amen. Second Kings chapter 5. 2 Kings chapter 5 and verse 9. 2 Kings chapter 5 and verse 9. Is somebody being blessed tonight? How many of you know about Naaman? Naaman, Naaman was a, the king's captain the king of Syria, that was his captain, and he was a leper. You see, he was a powerful captain, powerful soldier, but he had a setback. He had a darkness in his life. Let me tell you, everyone's darkness will come to pass. You see, everyone will have a visitation. He had a darkness, which was his leprosy. And a small child who was a slave girl in his house told him about a prophet in Israel who can deliver him from this leper. But he was a great man. So when they told him, he wasn't taking this girl seriously. But they managed to convince him, and then he made a decision to go and see. So verse 9, So Naaman went with his horses and chariots and waited at the door of Elijah's house. Hallelujah. He said, Naaman came with his horses and with his chariots and stood at the door of the house of Elisha. And Elisha sent a messenger unto him, saying, go, listen to the message. He says, Elijah, Elisha, the prophet, this Naaman, the soldier, he gathered his chariots, his horses. Does it mean that he came by himself? No. He, one man cannot sit on horses and chariots. There were contingents, escorts around him. He was not a, a simple person. So he came with his horses and his chariots and stood at the door of the house of Elisha. 
And Elisha, the prophet, he sent a messenger. He didn't come himself even to see him. He sent a messenger unto him, saying, Go and wash in Jordan seven times, and thy flesh shall come again to thee, and thou shalt be clean. He says, go and wash in the Jordan. He didn't come to see him. He just sent a messenger to him, a word. And he says, go and wash yourself in the Jordan River seven times, and your flesh shall come again. Your breakthrough. What has put you in darkness? When you are talking and you are excited, as you are talking and you are excited, you lift up your hand and you remember and it makes you put your hand down. This thing that is troubling you all these years. Today is your breakthrough. But just go and wash yourself seven times in the river Jordan and this breakthrough shall happen. But Naaman was rough. He was angry. And went away and said, Behold, you know, let me read this part from the, um, let me read this from the New Living Translation. You will see what he's saying here. He says, but Naaman became angry, verse 11, and stalked away and said, I thought, I thought, listen to this. He says, I thought, I thought he would certainly come out to meet me. And then he said, I expected him. You see, our expectation. He said, I expected him to wave his hand over the leprosy. The the prophet himself. Come, not describe washing yourself in Jordan, but come and wave your hand. Do you see? You see, I'm sharing a simple word with you like that, but you don't like it. You like it me to talk in a certain way. You like me to call you a certain names. Do you see? Your name is Jessica, but you want me to call you Ohima. And, call, and give you certain names and certain accolades and, certain, and then you feel the power in. But it was simple instruction. It says, go wash yourself seven times in the river Jordan and you'll be well. But he said, I thought he would certainly come out to meet me. I expected him to wave his hand over the leprosy and call on the name of the Lord, his God, and heal me. Now he said, I should go and wash myself in the river Jordan. He says, aren't the rivers of Damascus, Abana and the Fafa, better than any of the rivers of Israel? Do I not have better rivers in Syria? Why shouldn't I wash in them and be healed? Why can't God come and meet me on Sunday? Why should I come here on Tuesday also and Wednesday and Friday? Why? Why not Sunday? He says, why should I not wash in them and be healed? So Naaman turned and went away in rage. Look, the man is almost missing his time of visitation. The time of visitation is here, but it's just passing him by. But his officers tried to reason with him and said, Sir, if the prophet had told you to do something very difficult, like bringing chicken which has only three black, white chicken with three black spots and a goat with only one brown spot, 
you see, a goat that does not bleed in the night. Do you see? And give you some complex things like that and bring maybe the, 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 the lizard's intestines. You see, mixed with the frog's eyes. You see, some complex thing like that. He says, if the man had bid you, if the prophet had told you to do something very difficult, wouldn't you have done it? No, truly, wouldn't he have done it if it was something very difficult? So you should certainly obey him when he says, simply go and wash and be cured. Very simple. Hallelujah. You see, this was an opportunity for someone insisting and someone coming to his aid. It's like we are inviting you to church. And then we invite you. Oh, next week. We invite you. Oh, next week. Why didn't you come for Tuesday service? Oh, next week I will come. I I came from work at at 6.30 and I was tired. By the time I finished making my food and it was 7 and I was, I was going to be late. You see, and then we, oh, next we try and come. And then we try and come, try and come. But you see, your time of visitation is passing you by. But you can see. But there were some people who encouraged him to come. And as he was leaving, there were people who were persistent in their invitation. That is why you also have to be persistent in your invitation. Because someone's time of visitation is passing him by. And the only thing that we are tired of. You. You see, we, we have asked you, you are not coming, so we are tired of you. Amen. He said, so Naaman went down to the Jordan River and dipped himself seven times as the man of God had instructed him. And his skin became as healthy as the skin of a young child. And he was healed. Look at that. And he was healed. And he was healed. Naaman was just at the verge of missing his time of visitation. He was just at the verge. Because it was too ordinary. Because it was too simple an instruction. Hallelujah. Because you feel it is too much. Why, 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 why come every Sunday? Why not every other Sunday? Why should we have service on Sunday and still come here on Tuesday? And then Wednesday. Why? And then Friday we say we are coming again. Why? It's too much. We have come. Uh, this one I can skip it. You see. So why, why seven times? Why did he have to dip himself seven times? Why seven times? Why not five times? So he could have one Two, three, four, five. He says, I thought even by the fourth one, I should be seeing some signs. You know, I am not seeing anything. What shows that this thing is going to work? And I'm not coming. I've come for turning point service, turning point service. When, when, what, what is going to happen? It's the same next time, next month, when it comes around, I will come. But your time of visitation, you have to be on the lookout for your time of visitation. Hallelujah. God said in the scriptures, Psalm 75 and verse 2, he says, I, the Lord, I have appointed, I have appointed the time of visitation. Hallelujah. He says, I choose the appointed time. Amen. I choose the appointed time. Hallelujah. Some people feel that God must come in a particular time, in a particular way. 
Sometimes your breakthrough, your breakthrough is in a simple service. Sometimes it's in a simple message. Sometimes it's in a word. Sometimes, you see, that is why you should be on the lookout for your time of visitation. There are some people, they can't even sit through a service. Sometimes your breakthrough is just coming and then, I got to wee-wee, I got to wee-wee, and then you get up and then you go to the bathroom. And then we share the word, we read the scripture. That is your breakthrough. You were in the bathroom, wee-wee, wee-wee. Your breakthrough. You miss your breakthrough. Can't sit through, can't hold your bladder for the next 10 minutes. Can't hold. Sometimes your breakthrough is coming. As your breakthrough is coming, you hear your phone is vibrating. And then you take your phone. And then you are looking at the text message. And then responding, what's up? One day I was in a service. I was in a, at a camp meeting. Some lady was sitting by me. Hey. What's up? And what's happening? What's up? I said, ah, but why did you pay money and travel and come and stay in a hotel? Throughout the service, every time I see she's on the phone, on the WhatsApp. I said, what message? And some powerful things. We're sharing some powerful things. And I even decided not to sit with her, you know, because I was just, it was just baffling my mind. Amen. The time of visitation. Times of visitation. Why three-day convention? Why should we have three-day convention? Okay, I will come the first day and the third day. Usually the third day is powerful. Usually the third day is the day finale. I will come on the third day. The third day is when they call and they anoint us. They pour oil, they lay hands, and they do the last day. I will come the first day, get the gist of the message, and ask for the second day, oh, you know, people don't even come much on it. The, the third day is a real day. So the third day, you see the place is filled. God is done already. He came. The first, he has, he's done with his people. You, you define when God should come. You are defining when God should come. He's done. He's done. And gone. So you come to church and they didn't, they didn't lay hands on you and they, so, ah, oh. Powerful message. Breakthrough was coming, but you were, not, you were just waiting for the time. If there's anyone here who let them come, and that is when you're waiting for, and it didn't come. So your breakthrough just passed by, and you didn't even hear it. It was just in a word. Just in a word. Hallelujah. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? I said the time of visitation has no spectacular characteristics about it. Amen. Do we have time to read some more? Okay, let me just give you one more and then. Amen. I don't know if you have enough time. Okay, John chapter 5. John chapter 5. Verse 1. John chapter 5. And verse 1. It says, Afterward, Jesus returned to Jerusalem 
for one of the Jewish holidays. Inside the city, near the sheep gate, was the pool of Bethsaida with five covered porches. And he says, In these lay a great multitude of impotent folk, of blind, halt, withered, waiting for the moving of the water. He says that after this, there was a feast of the Jews. There was just another feast of the Jews. Do you see? And Jesus went up to Jerusalem. It was just one, one of the many feasts. He said there was a feast of the Jews. And Jesus, they didn't even say which of the feasts. To make it like the Passover, which is like the big thing. Or, he says there was a feast of the Jews. And Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now, there is at Jerusalem, by the sheep market, a pool which is called in the Hebrew tongue Bethsaida or Bethesda, having five porches. In these lay great multitude of impotent folk. He said there were these five porches, and there were a lot of sick people, some of them blind, halt, withered, waiting for the moving of the water. They gather here, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain season. He says, for an angel went down at a certain season into the pool and troubled the water. Whosoever then first, after the troubling of the water, stepped in, was made whole of whatsoever disease he had. Do you see? He says that the angel will come at a certain season. And then he will trouble the water. And if you are able to get in the, the pool first, then you are healed. Can you imagine? Impotent folks. I mean, we are talking about multitude of sick people. And you have to first confess self basis. You have to be in the pool to get healing. What a way. Except that you receive your time of visitation. Amen. So they all come. Everyone hoping to get in. And a certain man was there which had an infirmity 38 years. The man had one particular disease for 38 years. When Jesus saw him and knew that he had been now a long time in that case, he said unto him, Will thou be made whole? Will you be made whole? Now, you see, there were a multitude of impotent folks, a whole lot of sick people, but only this particular man, it was his time of visitation. And this man has been there. Now, this particular feast, this man could have said that, ah, another turning point. Huh? You come, ah, uh, nothing happened. I have not received my healing, so... Maybe next month, next month, during the feast, I'll go. Maybe next month, I'll get closer to the pool. I'll go early and get closer to the pool. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? So, he says that this man, this man alone, Jesus walked to. He says, when Jesus saw him, he didn't see anyone else, but Jesus saw him lie and knew that he had been now a long time in that case. Now, I am saying that your time of visitation, it has no extraordinary 
any spectacular characteristics associated with it. Because this was just one of the many feasts that they have had. And for 38 years, this man, every time he's having hopes that he'll be healed. And he could have had any reason not to have gone. How many of you agree that just one meeting, if he didn't go for all 38 years, every year he's going, one season, if he didn't go, it wouldn't have been any. And you wouldn't have counted it against him. Even this man, he's tired. The man is tired. If you cannot come, it's okay. Sometimes, you see, we give that excuse. Sometimes we, we give that excuse. Oh, he was here Sunday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday. He didn't come. And on prayer meeting, he was on a prayer line all Monday. He couldn't come Friday. I think he has done okay. He has done well. Do you see? But maybe all the above were zero. Your time of visitation is just coming. Hallelujah. His time of visitation was just here. And the time of visitation came. So Jesus said, will thou be made whole? The impotent man answered him. Sir, I have no man when the water is troubled to put me into the pool. But while I am coming, another step before me. Jesus said unto him, rise, take up thy bed and walk. And his time of visitation was that moment. And immediately, the man was made whole and took up his bed and walked. And on the same day was the Sabbath. That same day. He says, rise, take up thy bed and walk. Rise, take up thy bed and walk. I say, when your time of visitation comes, there is no spectacular characteristics with it. There is nothing unique about it. Hallelujah. There is nothing extraordinary about it. It says, rise, take up your man. Take up your man. Rise, take up. Rise, take up. Rise, pick up your man. Rise, pick up your stick. Rise, pick up. Rise, pick up. And walk. May you receive your time of visitation. May you rise up and walk. May you rise up and move forward. For your time of visitation, it is the time that you are expecting it. It is a time and it's every day. He said, Lord, please teach me every day. Teach me every day. Please, Lord, teach me every day. Show me your way. Show me your way. Lord, please teach me every day. Let not a day go by that I will not recognize that it's my time of visitation. Every day I'm expecting, Lord, that my breakthrough is here. Every day I'm expecting, Lord, that my breakthrough has come. Every day that I come, I believe, Lord, today is my breakthrough. May today be your breakthrough in the name of Jesus. May today be your day of visitation. May this time, this period, be your time of visitation. May you receive your transformation. This evening, this service, this service, it looks so ordinary. It looks so ordinary. You didn't even want to come. You had a lot of reasons why you didn't want to come. You had many reasons, but for some reason, you decided, for some reason, this man, this man of impotency, he decided that this day also, I will go and lie by the pool. I have been there 38 years, nothing has happened, but I will go again today. May today be your breakthrough. May today be a day of transition. May today be a day of change. May today be a day of change. As you have come, he says that until you say, blessed is he who cometh in the name of the Lord, you will not see me. 
May you receive your blessings today. May you receive your blessings today. May you receive your blessings. May you receive your deliverance. Today shall be your day of deliverance. It may look so ordinary, but there's no spectacular characteristics when the Lord visits his people. It looks so ordinary. It was looking so ordinary. Zechariah day was looking so ordinary. It was such an ordinary day. It was such an ordinary day, yes. It was just one of the days that he was coming for his duties. Yes, it looks so ordinary that today you were the one that was leading. So you just came. It looks so ordinary that you were on duty. You were on duty. You were on duty at the projection. You were on duty to lead worship. You were on duty to minister. You were on duty to play the keyboard. You were on duty to play the drums. So you came. It looks so ordinary, a duty day. It looks so ordinary that Zechariah was on duty. But that day, that day, that day was his day of visitation. That day, the angel of the Lord stood by the altar. That day, that day. It looks so ordinary. You were even tired and you had other reasons. You said, I'm hungry. Let me go home and make myself some food. But you chose to come. May the Lord meet your expectation. He said, the expectation of the righteous shall never be cut short. The Lord meet you in your time of need in the name of Jesus. Stand onto your feet. Let us bring the service to a close. Stand onto your feet. Yes. As you teach in me your ways, that you do just what you say in your Oh, he's a God of seasons. He's a God that operates in seasons and times. He's a God of seasons. He's a God of seasons. He operates in seasons and in time. He said your darkness will also pass. This darkness is also passing. Oh, for how long shall you stay in that darkness? He said it's not here to stay. It is not here to stay. For how long shall you cry on your bed? It is not here to stay. For how long shall your pillow be wet? It is not here to stay. 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 Oh, yes. Your season shall also come. He said, this man also, this man, this man, this man who seated not in the seat of the scornful, this man who walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, this man who stand not in the way of sinners. He said, even this man who doth meditate on the law of the Lord, this man who delights in the law of the Lord, he also shall bring forth fruits only in his season. He shall bring forth fruits in his season only. Only in his season. Yes. Yes. In your time. Father, we are thankful and grateful, oh God. Lord, we thank you. You are a God of seasons. 
Father, and in all season you are in it, oh God. When we are out of our season and when we are in our season, you are with us. You say that our lives, oh God, it shall be like a tree that is planted by the rivers of water. That means, Lord, we will always be nourished. The rivers shall always nourish us, even when we are out of our season. Because you said our leaves shall never wither. As we delight in your law, as we meditate in your word, you say our leaves shall never wither. Our lives are likened to the tree that is planted by the rivers of water. Father, help us, oh Lord, to know our time of visitation. Help us, oh Lord, to understand the times and the seasons. Open our eyes, oh God. Let us not belittle, oh God, the ways that you move. Father, may our expectation not come in a way. May our expectations not block our eyes. May our expectation not blind us to our time of visitation. For you say, you of all people, how I wish, how I wish that you of all people will know that this is your time of peace. This is your way of peace. This is your direction of peace. This is your time of deliverance. This is your way of deliverance. This way is your way of breakthrough. But Lord, we thank you and we are grateful. We thank you, Lord, for revealing to us the times of visitation. We thank you, Lord, that we are alert and we are awake and we will look out for our time of visitation. Father, let not our time of visitation pass us by without us receiving you. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Father, that we also, oh Jesus, that we are not in this state permanently. Father, that we can also say that our time and our fruits shall come. Father, that we can also say that our season of bearing fruits shall come. We also shall rise up and we shall give testimony. We also shall have testimonies in our mouth. We also shall stand before your congregation and we shall have testimony. Our breakthrough is here, oh Jesus. And we are thankful. We love you, Jesus. We thank you in the name of Jesus. If there's anyone here tonight, you have not given your life to Christ, you want to give your life to Jesus, lift up your hand and let us pray. I'll pray with you. You want to receive Jesus Christ as your Savior. You are not born again. And you say, I want Jesus Christ to come into my life. I want to receive Jesus as my Savior. If that is you, if that is you, you want to receive Jesus, lift up your hand and I'll pray with you. Anyone here like that? Anyone here like that? Father, we thank you. Anyone here like that? If there's anyone here, lift up your hands and I'll pray with you. Why don't you all join and let us say this together and say, Lord Jesus, thank you for dying for me. I have sinned against you. I have fallen short of your glory. Lord Jesus, I believe you are the son of God. I believe you died for my sins. Please forgive me of my sins. When you rose up on the third day, you conquered the grave. You won the battle for me. So, Lord Jesus, cleanse me. Wash me. I invite you tonight to come into my life. Lord Jesus, be my master. Be my savior. Be my Lord.
from today. I will serve you. I will follow you all the days of my life. Please write my name. Please write my name in the book of life. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. We hope you have been blessed immensely by this message. Join us at 1734 Williamsbridge Road in the Bronx on Sunday afternoons and Tuesday evenings. For copies of this and other messages, contact us via email at lci.bronx at gmail.com.